Oh, I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Thank you, Brother David. <coughs> I'd like to say, sure do appreciate how nice this building looks. It looks so good, nice and clean. It's a joy to be able to have the privilege to come here. I'm glad you're here. I thank you for your faithfulness. A little lady, I don't know your name. Jody. Jody? You're Jody? Thank you for coming. It's a joy to have you here. And we're encouraged by your presence. You encourage us. Uh, Jody, you're being here new. It's like the rest of us. We all came in here at one time. It was our first time. First time I came in here, I came in that door right there. That uh, I remember back in those days, this auditorium was about half the size it is now. It was a wall ran across just a little bit more than halfway down. It was very small. I, mean, I walked in that door. Uh, I looked in here and I thought, it's so small. And uh, but, uh, it has got bigger. I remember uh, our daughter Elizabeth Uh, where was I pastor at that time? She was a little girl. Park Ridge. At Park Ridge. Oh, that's right. I was pastor at Park Ridge Baptist Church. And uh, when I became pastor at Park Ridge Baptist Church, Elizabeth was a baby in arms. And... Um, we were meeting in the old Zion Lutheran Church building in Gotha. And we met there for three, three and a half, maybe four years till we built the Park Ridge Baptist Church building. And we moved up to the Park Ridge Baptist Church building and we're having a service and I called on a man to lead us in prayer. And in the course of his prayer, he said in his prayer, he said uh, to words to this effect, he said, uh, thank you for this little church. Well, he didn't more than finish his prayer. 
Elizabeth came out of the pew out in the aisle of where is it? And she said, this is not a little church. <laughs> this is a big church. Well, it was to her. And uh, let me tell you something, folks. To us, it may be small because there's some churches, they don't know, they got hundreds of people. In some churches in this very hour, it's not just hundreds, they've got thousands of people present in their auditorium right now as we speak. We're here in just this little, there's uh, not more than about 25 of us here right now, I suppose. But uh, uh, there, are, there are churches right now in Florida that are literally thousands of people present right now. Pray for the preacher. The Lord bless him to preach and the gospel will be made plain to be people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Today, by the help of the Lord, I want to speak to you from Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Um, this particular passage of Scripture is important. It's got a question in it. The question is, what must I do to be saved? That's my sermon subject. What must I do to be saved? Do you know The question, what must I do to be saved, is only asked one time in the Bible. Acts 16 and verse 30. The answer, simply and directly, was believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Then the inspired word gives such a simple answer to this most important of all questions. You wonder why it is that it gets buried in doctrines of works for salvation. What must I do to be saved? There's not but one answer. Believe. Believe. There are those who would tell you in order to be saved, you've got to be baptized. It does not say that. Baptism is good. It's a proper place. 
Baptism doesn't save anybody. Correct. Baptism doesn't help save anybody. True. Baptism is only the first act of obedience yep. after a person has been saved. If a person gets baptized and hasn't been saved, what do they have? Well, they got wet. Yep. That's all it is. That's all you can say. They got wet. Well, I tell you what, I want you to notice these words here. Do and works in our text. Philippian jailer asked, what must I do? The religious people gathered by the sea to see the Lord Jesus ask, what shall we do? Well, in the finite mind of man, there's always that thought that he must and can do something. Well, he, got, he thinks you have to do something in order to earn salvation, to work the works of God. What must I do? Want to do something. Well, the answer is just very simply, directly, in both cases, it's belief. What must you do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and not break sweat. Oh, may God help lost people come to a law, come to the place to see their need of Christ and to be able to trust Him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. Now, there is a difference between believing on and believing about right. something. Many people hear about the birth, the works, and the death of Christ. They believe what they read about the Lord Jesus in the Bible. They believe all that they know of the history about the Lord Jesus. But to believe on Him is entirely different. It's altogether a different thing now. To believe on Him is to trust Him. Trust Him. Have you come to a place to trust 
the Lord Jesus Christ. So trust Him that you're leaning completely on Him. If you can't do the job, you have no hope. I'll be honest with you folks, that's me. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe so on the Lord Jesus Christ that if He can't save me, I'm lost. I'm doomed. I have no hope. I have nothing else. I don't want anything else. I do believe the Lord Jesus Christ so that I have no other second plan. My only hope is in Jesus Christ and I want no other hope other than Christ. So, um, to trust Him, to be able to perform that which He's promised. I believe in Him. Now, to illustrate believing on I read something some time back and it said a man stretched a cable over Niagara Falls and they filled a wheelbarrow with three bags of sand and safely wheeled his cargo along the cable high above the falls from one end to the other. All the people saw this man successfully complete the crossing. Everything about what this man had done, they believed. He asked them what they believed about what he had done. They all with one accord said they believed that he could successfully perform this act not only once, but many times over. Then he asked, is there one here who will believe on me and my ability enough to get into this wheelbarrow and let me push him across the falls? Every person present could believe everything about this man and what it could do, but until they were ready and willing to get into the wheelbarrow and completely trust Him, they did not believe on Him. Let me tell you something, folks. You thank God for the faith that He has given you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're saved, you do too. 
to the extent that he can't carry me across, I'm lost. I'm doomed. I'm damned. But I'm saved by the grace of God. What Christ has done for others, He will do for me. So it is with the Lord Jesus Christ there are millions of people that have sincere belief about the Lord Jesus Christ. They have a historical faith in what He did. And some are trusting this for their salvation. It's a historical faith. The Apostle Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for sinners. He made full payment on the cross of Calvary. And there He said, as He hanged on the cross of Calvary, He said, it is finished. In other words, He's saying, the payment for sin has been paid for by His shed blood. It is finished. His payment was honored. It was accepted by God the Father. Christ was raised from the dead and is alive forevermore. Thank God we do not serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen Savior. Amen. He has redeemed us. Thank God for your redemption. I like that song that we sing sometimes. It's called Redeemed. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Drink with me now. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and Forever I am. Oh, you thank God for the privilege to know that you are a child of God. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, shed at the cross of Calvary. He paid your awful sin debt. And now He sits at the right hand of God the Father and He's interceding for us. And when we pray, uh, you'll notice that we pray, Our Father. That's what Jesus taught us. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. And then you make your petition to the Lord in your prayer. And then as you come to the end of your prayer, you say something like, In Jesus' name, Amen. So, when we pray, 
All three persons of the Godhead are involved. God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son. You thank God for the Spirit of God that leads us to prayer. And then we pray to the Father and we make our, our petition made known to God the Father. But all that we're praying to the Father, we're praying to the Father in the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why that? Because of what He's, what the Son done for us. He went to the cross of Calvary and paid our awful sin debt. We're able to go to the Father in prayer because Jesus Christ died for us. Had Jesus Christ not died for us, we still couldn't pray to the Father. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Thank God we talk to Him about anything and everything. Things that you wouldn't talk to your spouse about. Things that you wouldn't talk to your parents about. Things that you wouldn't talk to your children about. You talk to the Lord about. Oh, the Lord's able to hear us and answer our prayers. The Lord Jesus Christ now sits at the right hand of the Father and is interceding for us. I recognize that so many times I pray I recognize my prayer not worth a flip. I don't even know how to pray. I say, oh God, help me. Folks, let me tell you something. The Spirit of God is able to take our stumbling and our falling down, our mistakes, all of that as we're trying to pray and properly interpret it before the Father. Make proper sense of it. And God hears it. God understands it. Your prayers are never just nothing. Always take some time to pray. I talked to you so many times about reading your Bible. And I hope that you do. Read your Bible every day. Don't let the sun go down on a day that you haven't read the Scriptures. In fact, I encourage you to read your Bible through every, every, every year. It's not hard to do. I do it by the grace of God. I read the Bible through every year. At least once. But I mean, that's just, that's just some devotion. But the other Bible study are all over the Word of God. But uh, uh, we need to be in the Word of God, reading the uh, reading the Scriptures. But not only do we need to be reading the Word of God, we need to be spending some time talking to the Lord, talking to the Lord. And I recognize that my prayer life. Oh, my prayer life stinks 
I just don't, I don't have enough prayer life to even talk about. But I tell you what, I've had, we've had the privilege, and it's, it's, it's easy to find reading some people who have spent their lives so much in prayer. Oh, may God help us to be people who know what it is to be able to pray. Talking to the Lord, being well familiar with the throne of grace. I heard a man say one time, he said, well, Lord, here I am back again. That's right. We're back again. And we find ourselves back again. Uh, hour after hour. Not day after day, but hour after uh, hour. We're back again. More things to talk to the Lord about. We've so much to pray about. You can come to church and just sit there minding your own business. But you'll find there's so much to pray for and people to pray for. May God help us to don't forget to pray for them when the service is over. But keep praying. So much to pray for. May God help us to be a praying people. We need to be a praying people. I want to be a praying man. And I would like for you to be a praying person also. Well familiar with the throne of grace. Uh, and being there often. Uh, some uh, folks I understand they maybe have meal and uh, they don't pray before their meals. Uh, I recommend you do it. That's just another opportunity to pray. Uh, pray when you go to bed at night. Pray when you get up in the morning. You've got so much, many opportunities to pray. But pray, pray. May God help us to pray. Pray for me. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the members of the church. Uh, it's good for you. Uh, you, you take the prayer list here at the church and uh, follow that prayer list and you'll find yourself you'll pray for every member of this church uh, every week. Pray, uh, may God help us to do that. Every member of this church needs to be prayed for and we need the, prayer, the prayers of one another. Jesus said, No man cometh under the Father, but by me. Jesus said, I am the way. The Son of Man came to give His life a ransom for many. That's all that the Lord Jesus said. A ransom had to be given. In Isaiah 64 and verse number 6, But we're all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That is the very best that we can do is nothing less than filthy rags. Again in Isaiah 53 and verse 6 he says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, on Christ, the iniquity of us all. Oh my, 
All of my iniquities been laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. And He bore my iniquities on the cross of Calvary. Paid my awful sin debt by His death on the cross. So we find that man is totally depraved. He's helpless, cannot do anything to save himself. All we can do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the perpetuation for our sins and all who accept His sacrifice. Have you come to the place in your life you trust the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Oh, happy day! Back in 1947, I know that was a long time ago. Back in 1947, the Gravel Hill Baptist Church, somebody said, I don't know what he's going to talk about now. My favorite subject. Little 10 year old boy. Didn't know nothing from nothing. Except he knew he was trusting Jesus as his Savior. I was sitting right over there. The preacher was standing right along here. And I walked over there to him. And I looked up at his face and I told him, I'm trusting the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And I'm as confident as I can be, no doubt they know Little kid don't know what he's talking about. And they were exactly right. I didn't. <clears throat> but you know what? I went home that night and I told Mom and Dad, I said the most wonderful thing happened to me tonight. I got saved. And I'm telling you right now, I thank my God. That was a turning of that night. Wade, Mom and Dad, they didn't go to church then. But the next Sunday, church. Oh, uh, you've heard the story before you know better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all stand, please. Please dismiss this. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you that he was willing to pay for the penalty for our sins on his own body on the cross. Heavenly Father, thank you for this salvation that you've given to us. And all we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to trust him and him only. And nothing we've done, but nothing we do will help us in any way but only trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Thank you that we can have eternal life through trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to believe even more. Our faith is weak. Help us 
to be have a stronger faith. And Heavenly Father, be with us as we go from here and bring us back at the next appointed time. And I pray that all that we say and do will bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask these things in His name. Amen. Amen. Amen.